You're listening to Music Mythology. My name is Sam Romo, and let's talk about some music. Awesome. All right. Well, Sam Rello here, sitting down with my buddy, Kevin Davis. How are you doing, Kevin? Dude, I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me here. Uh, this is uh, super scary, super exciting. <laughs> super exciting, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving ex- it. I'm excited to talk about uh, the artist today. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Dawes, which I know is one of your favorites. Yes, definitely one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. Uh, been wearing out these records for a long time, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's awesome. Um, it's good to have these physically, too. Um, yeah, I miss I miss the good old days, man. Buying CDs. This may be one of the last bands that I've, you know, actually invested in the actual physical, physical copies of the CDs. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and in that way, maybe they're like the last great rock band to me, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, you know, there, there's not the same emphasis on that anymore, but, um, mm. you know. Here I am, just outing my old man ways. <laughs> Car full of CDs still. All right, man. I I'll, still buy CDs. Dude, I want to make a CD, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. My first record is going to have it. We're going to have a CD for sure. Yeah, I'd be one of those artists that I would, I would even come out with a cassette tape. I'd go that way. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Spe- speaking of, their first record was, was recorded on tape. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah, that was actually one of the first interesting things. Um, that um, really, I don't, I don't want to say appealed to me about them, but um, I, I thought that was pretty unique. It was a good, um, not differentiator, but you know, just something that the shows that they're they're taking it serious in a different way. You know, re- using old school ways to capture a certain thing. Because I mean, they're a Laurel, they're a Laurel Canyon group, right? That's kind of the, yes the vibe they're going through. Yes, and so it's good the that they you know, they, they use that old method to bring in the, the character. Yeah. 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 And and to some extent it's stuck around, you know, it's, um, yeah, I love to hear, uh, or is encouraging to hear Taylor on one of the interviews that I, I was going through talk about how he's not great, you know, behind pro tools or logic and, and just kind of how much of that is his vibe. Um, you know, obviously he has resources now and yeah. guys who can, you know, come in, fill in for his, his weaknesses. But, um, but it just shows like in, in a lot, and especially the first two records, I guess, I guess, um, you would say just shows how really ask the question of what makes great music in a world where, you know, it does seem like everything has to be produced to X value, mm, um, formulate. right, right. But music is much bigger than that. And, and yeah. I love that about Dawes is like just a, just a four piece, whatever, five piece rock band, you mm. know, depending on the era. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And they, they inspire me a lot and, um, yeah, obviously, well, obviously make good music. Yeah. Well, that's one of my favorite, um, eras of music is the Laurel Canyon era, the beginnings, you know, the, yeah. the I mean, what we were talking about prior to this is, uh, the Crosby Steels Nash, the Buffalo Springfield, uh, doors, Eagles. I mean, that's a, it's a, it's its own wave of music. You know, it's its own kind of energy. It's own feel, you know, and, and that was one thing, especially in, um, stories don't end. Cause prior to this, the only song of Dawes that I was really 
confidently familiar with was uh, When My Time Comes. Yes, um, yes. And I specifically, I, I uh, what year did that come out? Like 2000? Let's see, When My Time Comes, that must be Nothing Is Sound, if I'm no, not mistaken. No, it's the first album, I oh, think. okay. Uh, North Hills. It's 2009. 2009. Okay. Yeah. When my yeah. time comes. And I remember. So great. That's a great song. And I remember it's the. It was around. I mean, maybe a couple of years after. I think I was in high school, and I heard it in a commercial. Okay. And I really liked it. Yeah. And so that was the first time because you know I'm that's a music your first addict. exposure to yeah. Dawes. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, cool. Whipped out the Shazam and tried to figure out what it was. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but it was a great song. Um, and. Uh, because to me, again, as unexperienced, I didn't know who they were. Um, it, it it sounded like that that Californian Laurel Canyon or like maybe even Nashville Kings of Leon kind of sound, but it was a sound that I was drawn to. Just Loved good it. California folk rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I I got to see that. I got I've got to see that song live a couple of times, nice. and that is just one of was one of the highlights of the concert to me. First of all, you know, Taylor usually, he'll hang out on the same guitar for a whole set, right? Um, of course, you know, like any guitar player in his his situation, he has multiple guitars. Mm. But for that one specifically, I remember him talking about how he'd pull out this one, you know, Blackie, I guess it was a Strat, maybe it was a Telly, I forget exactly. But he has a, he's kind of a, a guitar for that song. And of course, gotcha. that's the song where everybody just sings it super loud you know it's it's definitely one of those encore type songs yeah. and uh yeah man <laughs> it's just it's, it's a super great tune well but, it's also cool to find like what we were just mentioning it's cool to find the method behind it that they went the old school route because I, I didn't know that right 10 years ago or whatever when i listened to it right but still held that that feeling and, mm. and i don't know how much that translates you know or how much it makes a huge uh impact and and experience but um I love uh, that. I, I, again, I don't want to be a broken record here, but I love that era of music. I, yes. I've said it many times on my <clears throat> podcast that I, I mean, I grew up with that music, the 60s and 70s music, but particularly, I mean, a lot of stuff. It was a lot, full sure, spectrum. Sure, sure. But, but Our I've generation. Always, yeah. And I've always <laughs> come back, though, to to that Laurel Canyon group of artists. That just Because it's just such a crazy... Classic rock. Have you seen the documentary Echo in the Canyon on Netflix? Yes, and I've listened to the album probably a dozen yeah, times I've or more. To, I don't even know how many times I've listened it's to it. It's fantastic. As, as one of my favorite music documentaries and um, yes. and albums, just Jake Dylan kills it. Yes, um, it's phenomenal, and and it, it's a great uh, appreciation piece of, for the time. Um, yes, and, and to to peel the layers behind these artists and all the mythology that's been built behind people like you know David Crosby and the Mamas and the Papas and people that are now. They're far and away, or they're peripheral to certain, you know, pop, you know, centric uh, music lovers. But when you go back in time and you look at it, and especially in, in that in that documentary, I mean, they literally are interviewing them and talking about where it comes from. Yes, and, and you hear the the genuine um, uh, creation of how all this stuff came to be, and and it's kind of surprising because you know you hear that the the mamas and the papas knew a lot of the members of the birds, and they didn't think they were that big of a deal, and then when they became a hot hot ticket they're like well we can freaking do this you know dude and there's such an emphasis on like the crazy wild the 60s but due to the sweetness in those songs yeah. um i'll never forget um i saw it in theaters actually which was amazing oh, really? yeah so i cool. um you know libby was dead i was really sad i got mm. really stoned <laughs> 
and I went to the theater. I was the only guy in there. I was at the Angelica in Dallas. I was the only guy person in there below, you know, 55. And uh, but but uh, same problem. Absolutely loved it. Actually wrote a song, uh, wrote a little love song when I got home because mm. I was just so inspired again by the sweetness of the music, you know, to say, to, to you know, obviously nothing of the way it's recorded and everything, but just the, you know, the love songs, obviously they featured a lot of, you know, was it Beach Boys and Beatles and, and, and everybody else who wrote really great love songs. But, uh, but I wrote a song, I, it just inspired me and I called it Tribute to the 60s. So, mm. so that'll be one I'll share in the next several years, God knows when. <laughs> but uh, yeah, great documentary and yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I've never, I have a lot of like music history catching up to do. I mean, you know, like anybody, our generation is just so much music to consume yeah. and it's overwhelming, uh, especially me. Cause I, like, I want it all, you know, but, um, <laughs> same, but, uh, yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought up the documentary cause it's, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, well, I yeah. love just about every, every song on that album. I yeah. think they did a really good job. Yeah. It's a phenomenal showcase of what that era was about. Yeah. And, um, and more than that, um, you know, like what you're just saying, it's, it, there's a lot of sweet love music. There's a lot of, you know, beautiful, unique folk music, it's a lot of experimental stuff. I mean, it's full spectrum. Yeah. Um, and, and bringing it back to Dawes, that's, that's what it, it particularly, I mean, like stories don't end well, and they, they evolve past that. Um, you, you get a sense of, of their appreciation for that time too, not just because of the methodology and how they produced the albums, but how they wrote it, the instruments they chose to use. I mean, they're, uh, what's yes. the song? I mean, like from uh, from a window seat off of uh, Stories Don't End. Sick I mean, song. That's a great song. It's like a straight, like, you know, Southern man, Neil Young, or some kind yes. of Eagles, you know, uh, timing and, and, yep. and cadence. And it's a, uh, it, it, I don't know. It, again, it's if you appreciate that era of music, I mean, you, you will fall right in line with this kind of artist because it's just, they, they've done it well. They've, yeah. they've, they've composed that feeling and into their music and they, they hold it, you know, very confidently. And, and, and I know we've both talked about this, but I mean, stories don't end to me. I've listened to, to a majority of their discography and, and, uh, this one, this one just pins it. It just pins that sound. And, and this was their first, uh, self-produced album. And, uh, we were just talking about this that I, I don't know if it was one of those scenarios, like I know it happens with artists all the time where they, they get a label, they get a contract, uh, for you know, handful of albums or whatever it could be, and uh, the whole time they're workshopping a lot of stuff. In the meantime, touring off and on, uh, they might be sitting on some material because they want to wait till they have maybe some more control. So I don't know if that was a, a, a moment like that for this group, where as soon as they could produce it themselves, or they were with a label that they thought fit them, that they came out with the the hottest stuff that they had. They've been sit on, they've been sitting on, but. Uh, feels like it because <laughs> this album stories don't end specifically is just yeah just i mean dynamite i i think their you know career as a band definitely kind of consistently um found success i mean obviously with their first album you know they weren't already playing you know with john mayer and playing for crowds of however many thousands i mean mm. they, they've gotten pretty big but they did find success i mean great reviews on um you know, North Hills, much softer acoustic feel. Mm. Um, but again, uh, you know, we've kind of covered it. Nothing is wrong. Same thing. A little bit more grit, a little bit more rock and roll. Really, when I fell in love with them is nothing is wrong. Just, mm. you know, the perfect amount of overdrive and a, and a guitar solo. Um, the opening track is just perfect. Mm. These days, my friends don't seem to know me. And it's just probably one of my favorite songs in the album. Um, 
uh, time spent in Los Angeles. Mm, But not to sidetrack, you know, they've slowly kind of made success album by album, each album being more successful than the last is Mm. kind of what I was getting at. And yeah, Stories Don't End does definitely feel like a culmination of everything they've been doing. Um, But my gut is, is that Goldsmith is just extremely fucking prolific. <laughs> like, I mean, he's just uh, he's just a poet in his own right. I mean, truly special ability to write songs. Again, in my opinion, and I'm extremely biased, um, but he's inspired me, you know, as a lyricist, as someone who can write great melodies. I mean, you look through Stories Don't End and every single song, I mean, I can sing because it's just so catchy, right? Yeah. Most people... I hope they've got something in common. I can give you that one line that's just really going to dig into yeah. your soul if you, you know, give or, their music the time of day. Or yeah, you know, you or there's a cre- there's a clever, you know, line. There's a yes. clever stanza or something that you know, uh, it, it puts it puts a, a feeling or a scenario into words that you, you, it encapsulates it. You can see yes. it. You can see it. You don't need to have a music video. Even you know exactly what he's going for. Like from a, exactly. from a window seat. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. It's perfect description of. Uh, an odd interpretation of something so normal of, yes. of, of watching a flight attendant explain things. Beautifully but it's, done. But it's yes. so well done, yeah. yeah. And then it's accompanied by a uh, by music that keeps you... <laughs> yeah. Which is not easy to play and sing at the same time, I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I tried uh, a few times and I just gave up. <laughs> so is he the uh, lead <coughs> guitarist for most, for most pieces? <clears throat> uh, yes, yes and no. Um, Nowadays, sure yeah, he's changes. he's he's they have a lead guitarist in there, but he probably play yeah he probably plays just as many solos, um, you know, as the lead guitarist in the band. Mm-hmm. I think they're pretty much trading off because his brother's in the band as well, right? Right, um, Goldsmith uh, Jr. on the drums. Um, ta- uh, what's uh, uh, his first name slipping my mind? Here, go ahead, uh, I'll find it. Don't let that bother you. I'll look it up. Great drummer. And one thing I love about those two, you know, growing up playing music together, obviously. Griffin Goldsmith. Griffin, that's right. Is, um, you know, it's, um, I don't know if they have any sort of musical education. It seems like they just started playing music, you know, with their, with their father and, and, uh, you know, slowly just built something out of that, which, Mm. which I love because, because again, um, you know, it's it's there's not formulaic right what makes good music is it going to berkeley well it can be but sure. but that that's not the thing you well, know you there can't is no make thing. up for a lack of soul or a lack of you know right umph and what you can't teach to you can't teach soul you can't teach uh emotional honesty which is i think something you know taylor does so well interpretation is, of mm-hmm. what you feel yes yeah yeah, yeah. How, how can i put down something that means so much to me that tells a story about where i am but then the trick is getting other people to get just as excited about that or yeah. to, to have the catch, you know, and it is so, more than just that catchy melody. It's yeah, it's well, it's the lyrics. It's everything. Yeah, and you got to convince them. You got to convince them that this mood makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a daunting thing. Like I said, I've been I've been writing a, song, a lot of songs over the last four years, but like. Yeah. And I love that. I'm you know, I'm growing in, in, in my artistry and it's great. And I'm having fun and I won't stop for anything because it's what I love. But sharing them is so scary, right? Because <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. am I going to connect? Can I connect the two like Goldsmith does? Yeah. He writes a record and and I'm like, this is my favorite thing of all time. You know? Yeah. yeah. That, that's the next level um, 
piece, I think. And, uh, well, it just comes with, with growth and as a songwriter and yeah, super interesting topic. Yeah. What makes a good, what makes people able to latch on to, like you said, that, that like, um, that soul, Mm. that soul piece of a song, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and for me, I mean, also as a musician, one of the things that keeps me going is, well, it just makes sense. My music addiction. If, if yes, it, it, <laughs> yes, I might be a media junkie and and be into a lot of different things. But when it comes to music, it's like, it's like I don't want to say something as simple as it's like magic. It's 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 something that it's so complex. But then when it comes into your world and it starts to make you question what music is, it just makes you you know your brain tingle. And it's me yeah. as a musician, as a music lover. I, I just, you know, like, like I had a, an episode a couple of weeks ago with my grandfather and my dad. And, uh, and you know, it's like my dad, he, he said like literally like what I think internally all the time and what he used to tell me when I was little, we would talk about music. And he's just like, what, what is that? And it's like, when you have that mm. moment, that what is that what moment is that? with music, it's just uh, as, a, as an appreciator of it and as a complex appreciator, because you've, again, a music junkie. Absorbed you a lot, all yeah. That. Yeah, and when someone... <clears throat> peels something back or introduces something that you just you weren't expecting that's just uh, it's just it's it's an amazing feeling because you know there's something out there that you you didn't know right 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 and and as a, a forever student i mean that's that's what you crave for is like there's another there's another tangent to to this appreciation that i've always will wielded so well but yes. now I, I don't know how to do it you know i don't know this <laughs> artist like oh okay this is great you know and i mean that that's kind of what the show is for me it's like my yes. uh, 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 attempt and 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 uh coordinated effort to really bring it on it's like i i don't want to know everything I don't, wow i don't want to have somebody on and think like i, I know this artist do you know this artist? right like, no, no, no. right i want to feel stupid i want to be the dumbest one in the room you know where where can we dig to yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and i think some of the strongest artists that's where they start they start from this enthusiasm of what it could be without even knowing what it is of course and um and yeah, and you pair that with a, a, a quick mind and a witted, uh, quick-witted uh, lyricist that can you know turn things around and and put double meanings and 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 put things into uh, a written form that don't just vocally uh, explain what he wants to tell you, but emotionally you know you, yeah. you feel and understand <clears throat> it and you can see it mentally. You you do the second half of the job. You know you you listen because that's the first half is just to listen because like sure. what you're saying it's scary to introduce your art to someone. Yeah, it's like but this because they're going to be listening <laughs> and they're and they're the second half of the equation. You're right. nothing without them. And so when they yeah. when they appreciate you back, then that's your sounding board. That's your mirror. You know what right. what do oh do I stay with that sound? Do I right. evolve like they have? You know it's like their their sound has changed. They've introduced new yeah. uh, instruments, different producers, all sorts of stuff, and and th- I mean that's what you do. That's how you 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 stay healthy in the habit. Sure, you know. Sure. But but anyways, but to the beginning, I mean, as a musician, I think to have that strong passion of of, of appreciation, mm-hmm. that that's it's just I don't know. It builds up the the how what do you say like like the wonder factor mm. of, of what 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 could it even be? What could I even be? You know, is this yeah. music going to make me more than what I think I am? Um, it, are these are these are these lyrics or poetry or writings that I'm putting down thoughts I'm putting down are they worthwhile and then what kind of what truths are in there yeah you know? well, how, and how can I prove it yeah 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 and, yeah and, and how can I add to how can I you know it's it's a discovery of the truth too you know mm. you're you know so many songs for me come as just a, a melody 
and a one line, you know, mm. and it's just, that's what it is. But there's a lot more to discover in that song as I've learned as it, when I sit, you know, the first time I sit down to write, yeah, and then I eventually add a good, you know, pick out some guitar chords. There's a lot of truth to discover in that. And then, like you said, yeah, once I'm, you know, take that step to share it, you know, to get that feedback, which is so hard to get sometimes, yeah. like people's honest critical feedback, right? Like, it's yeah, hard oh, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, and uh, <laughs> but you know, and let's not forget, Taylor started writing, uh, you know, very young. I think. Uh, I think he was like in grade school <laughs> and he was like, I, I knew I wanted to be a songwriter, which I think is awesome. Wow. Yeah. You know, that's definitely one. Uh, I think I relate to him a lot because we're the same age, but also, uh, you know, I have a very different, you know, upbringing than him. You know, I wasn't mm. immersed in music. Uh, writing songs wasn't important to me till my, you know. Yeah, I wrote a song here, I guess, in my early 20s, but I didn't really, really think of myself as someone, mm. you know, who would who would pursue that. Sure. Yeah, because like, you know what me. I mean? Yeah, because I mean, like my, uh, I don't know if you know this, but like my, my mom was like a worship leader at our yeah. church. And so she was constantly playing guitar and singing around us and encouraged me, you know, me to learn it. And uh, but my dad is just a, a huge music nerd, and, mm. I mean, you know, just constantly listening to things, constantly telling That's me cool. about stuff. And so I always appreciated it, you know, right. deeply. But the, yeah, that push. The to bug. Like, you do it. Yeah, there was no one ever like, you yeah. Know, there wasn't anybody in my family that, you know, like they produced an album and they're like, <clears throat> hey, you, you could do this. It's just like this. Right. It's like, uh, like, you know, like, um, like people, because you're talking about comparing yourself to someone. It's like, you know, like if I try and compare myself to someone like uh, Kevin Parker, the uh, Tame Impala. Uh, oh, love guy, him. Love him. He was he was raised by a, a, a musician mm. and, and someone that encouraged him to learn and, and, and synthesizers and the stuff that, you know, which would have been like, you know, 90s would have been not cutting edge, but it was popular. It right, was, right. Or it was just getting over being super popular. And so he he had a warmth to it and he had an understanding at a very, you know, younger level. And like what we were just talking about, it's it's all practice. And so when you just start practicing sooner, you're just, you are a professional sooner. And, yeah. um, and that's just the difference. And I think for a lot of people, and, and right now, I think it's a good time to talk about this, that with the, the pandemic and things slowing down for this last year, it's like, it's been a, a year of consideration for a lot of people or reconsideration for a lot of people of thinking rethinking that of thinking well i just never did it i never put it down to the paper because i just didn't think it was going to amount to something well, right I, you know this podcast was a brand new idea to me just a year and a half ago or a year ago that it, it took practice it took warming up to the idea you know no doubt so it's just time, different timetables yeah for people but still uh <laughs> phenomenal artist is is always something to appreciate and and uh, yes especially i mean in, in the the lyrics i know you specifically and us talking back and forth prior to this i mean that was something that you admired a lot and me listening to him and digesting a lot more it's like yeah it's phenomenal lyricist like yeah terrific writer yeah he's on he's on the next level he's on the next level yeah i'm i, I like I, I know i keep bringing this album back up i, I really do really love the story zone in album out of all of them um yeah just my luck um man how many times was i feeling low the last you know decade and just turn on that song just, just my luck love. you'd walk into this part i mean such a great um knows how to deliver heart heartache um cynicism <laughs> definitely mm. definitely uh see that generational cynicism in, in taylor 
um, that I relate with so much. But uh, really one of my favorite lyrics um, is in that song. And it's the bridge. I spend my whole life moving forward, but understand it looking back. Like watching last night's tapes in the middle of a game. Like, oh, mm. just brilliantly articulated that like, you know, he's in the same place we are, right? Like the striving, the, the frustration, the work, yeah. the long days. Yeah. And I understand it looking back, you know. I right. just think that's so as such a brilliant song, one of my favorites. Yeah. Right. I can't pick favorites with this catalog to be honest. I just love <laughs> all of it so much. It is very good. Well, even the even just the the very opener, the the um I mean, he's just breaking down as simple of a memory as getting a, a like a JC Penny glamour shot, <laughs> yes. you know, but it's like a lot of people that grew up in the 90s you can relate to that and you can understand why yes. for whatever reason that's it's up in your head like yes. you know like you can you know lean on that and that or 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 not even the significance of that exact example but just as something so minuscule as that could stick with you for so long that you don't even realize that it's something that's making yeah. you who you are you know yeah he's he's um, a great storyteller for sure yeah which of course uh is in the title title to the album of course, track seven was written by um, Blake Mills. I don't know if you're, are you familiar with Blake Mills? Right. So he was the former member, right? Yeah. Former member, member Simon and Simon Dawes, I think Simon it is. Simon Dawes, yeah. That uh, I guess most of them were a part of. Um, because Simon is his middle name and then Dawes is mm-hmm. Goldsmith's middle name. Yeah. Blake Mills is, is, a, is, a, is a freak show. <laughs> Freaking nature guitar player. Really cool. <laughs> really cool guitar player. Well, he comes back. For, for a lot of this album. Oh, d- does he? Because I know he, I know he makes an appearance. Because he writes Hey Lover. And yes. Then, and yeah, then he he's produced, written the song. He produced Which a, I love. Hey Lover. Yeah, that's a good so one. So catchy. Uh, and he produced a hand, he produces a handful of songs. Okay, album. okay. Yeah. That, that, that would make sense. Yeah, really, really fun album. Again, every, every song on this album to me is just a strong one. The only one that doesn't immediately jump out at me is Bear Witness, um, mm. but all the rest of them I can sing and, and yeah, like I, I love like uh, I mean most people's awesome. That's a that's yeah. probably the biggest. And from the right angle, that sounds like straight Eagles. Like that's an yep. awesome song. Yeah. Um, now one thing uh, about this specific album that uh, I wasn't aware of, um, but, but makes sense to me, is the the producer of this album. Mm. It was uh, Jacques King. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he, Not he, uh, just break down some of his discography. He's an, uh, not all, but a lot of Tom Waits albums, um, oh, okay. from the last like 20 years, he produced, uh, one of my favorite modest mouse albums, uh, good news for people who love bad news. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that one. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It's got, um, um, uh, she recorded. The good times are killing me. Uh, float on. Float on. Amazing. Uh, I don't know. That's a great album. Uh, he did uh, Kings of Leon's album. Aha! Shake. I drove my car into a caca. It's hilarious. Uh, he's produced Sea Wolf's albums, uh, multiple uh, Kings of Leon albums, and uh, Cold War Kids, and uh, even Jars of Clay. Mm. Um, wow! Look at that little tidbit. Yeah. Jars of Clay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he's produced all of their. Where's like, his studio? You know. Uh, I don't know if he has a particular one. He just records. But uh, he's an interesting uh, producer, just because I know some people love him or hate him. Um, there's some heavy music heads I've talked to. You know, like I guess particularly Kings of Leon, like because he did he did the album. Uh, 
only by night, which was like their hugest, the yeah, biggest success yeah. ever was Sex on Fire and Be Love Somebody, them. Use Love Somebody, yeah. Closer, Use Somebody, Revelry, So many Manhattan. good tracks. Oh, that, I mean, it's a phenomenal yeah. album. Yeah, it's a great but, one. But for some reason, like I said, I, I think because it was such a smash hit, like on the charts, that just those big music heads didn't want to like it, <laughs> like it, you know, but... But he he was a producer on that one, and and uh, even uh, come around sundown, which is one of my favorite. Why Leon why albums. why did Kings of Leon all of a sudden uh, become a, a band to shit on? Like they're so, <laughs> they're so they're so good. They're so good. Yeah. Well, I I think it's one of those things where you become your own, you're always fighting your old self. You're always fighting your old fighting ghost. your old ego. Yeah, and 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 well, you're always fight you're always fighting your audience, the the old sound. And and because uh, oh, what a drag. Yeah, I mean seriously, that's that's got success be has got to be the worst thing ever. I mean, <laughs> it's got to be a weird phase to go through. As totally an tough. And, yeah, and such a weird height to to climb and then sort out the feelings of do I yeah do I keep experimenting do I keep changing who I am or do I you know stay I don't know dedicated to this crowd to this sound that we've developed or you know what do we do who 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 are we. <laughs> But it is funny that you say that because yeah, Kings of Leon. I, I feel like they've been they've been pretty consi- damn consistent. They're amazing. Damn, they're yeah, so good. They're real good. And uh, even their last album, the brand new one, it just came out like three weeks ago. I don't think I've heard much um, of it, but it's pretty I need good. To. Yeah, I, I think of all of them, it's probably like the weakest, just because it yeah it, it can get lost in the 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 haze. Like if you put that album on a shuffle with the last two, it, you could you probably couldn't really tell which one it came from. <laughs> right. But there are a handful of songs that are really really good. But I think they've gotten to that height, you know, like, like, you know, thinking about anybody that's like become that big of a success in the same timelines and like the killers, like they can't catch a break nowadays. It's like, you know, they might come out with a great handful of songs, but they're just like, that album is just trash. You know, like Rolling Stone will just grill. To write something as magnificent as Hot Fuss, what a curse. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what a two way street. But yeah, yeah, and I, and I, you know, going back to what I was talking about, this, this being like, kind of an emotional journey for me. I didn't really really realize until like I was driving here today and like I got choked up <laughs> thinking about Dawes like mm. cuz you know this you know I obviously discovered them going into my first marriage, you know, mm. with my late wife and uh who you knew. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh and 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 so I had to break up with them <laughs> in a sense like mm. the last the last couple of years like it's not true. I, I still visit their old catalog. But I certainly haven't haven't been as much of a Dawes lover. So part of me sure. was kind of like processing that and just like, I mean, really just how much their music means to me. And we went to concerts together. Like I told you, we, we saw them at Good Records. I think it was the Stories Don't End. Like they were playing to a group of, you know, wow, 30 people in stage. a... stage. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I know that stage. Yes, yeah. yeah. Awesome. And it was just That'd like... crazy. Oh, yeah. Just lugging in an amp and, you know, a few <laughs> drums. Oh, it's just... It was amazing, though. I thought, yeah. And I, I do... I think it was Stories on And if I recall, he did um, Someone Will. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and that sticks out to me. But, like, you know, what a beautiful thing to remember, like, yeah. about Libby, like, going to their shows, buying their T-shirts. It's so personal. Oh, dude, it's like, it's extremely moving. And then, of course, losing her uh, just just cemented, like, how much they mean to me. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it begs the question of, like, can they ever beat it? (laughs) Like, stories don't end. It's just... um, uh, just a freaking man, just a, a beast of a record. Well, but I have very much enjoyed their new stuff too, to be honest. Okay. And uh, having, honestly, 
I'm first listen with uh, with uh, good luck with whatever the the newest one. The newest one. But uh, I was listening to my apartment yesterday and really enjoying it. Saint Augustine at night, at night, really beautiful, and uh, yeah, worth listening to if you haven't yet. Yeah. Well, I was curious, like what what were some of your favorite songs off of like Passwords and uh, uh, We're All Gonna Die? Just because that that's that's when they start to take a different route with their sound. Definitely, definitely uh, uh, Shifting Sands in the sound, yeah. Um, is it this, is this this record? Which one has a... Uh, Cause I liked Feed the Fire on uh, Passwords. Feed the Fire's fun. Um, Living in the Future, honestly, is one of my favorites. Hold on, what's... I'm thinking. I must be uh, thinking of a, of a different album. Am I thinking of "We're All Gonna Die"? With the uh, when the tequila runs out. Yeah, yeah, that's a fun one. Um, for me, I gotta go with "Living in the Future." Um, just a great. Um, I don't. It's almost his first one with a political bent. You know, it, mm. it's the first thing that comes to mind. It's definitely. Um, you know, he talks about. Um, Talks about the system, but uh, and then crack the case. I really love. It's a real beautiful yeah, acoustic, a um, and it's got that. Obviously, not just the melodies he's singing, but the melody of the acoustic in that one. I think it is is really great. Um, well, one thing and uh, that I've noticed about them is I, I really appreciate their bass, the, the bass player, or just, yeah. the, just the bass line, the foundation of their bass. I mean. In, uh, I mean, all, all of these albums, but I mean, like in the, the first one that comes to my mind is uh, uh, Stories Don't End, um, like just beneath the surface. And um, I want to say like, yeah, like that one in From a Window Seat, it's just like a consistent like bass that that and the reason why I bring this up is because they they're they're building that kind of um, and I don't want to say that they're stuck in the confines of a Laurel Canyon sound. Sure. But at that time, you know, because we were talking about this on the Led Zeppelin one, that I, I don't know if it was a technology limitation or just a preference that the bass, you know, on the music back then, it was way lower or mm. totally non-existent. You can't even hear the kick, you know, on certain songs. Yes. Um, that that with their music, it's like you're getting that, that same time period, but right. in the modern sense with the modern dynamics of music. Uh, creation and recording yeah Dr um, heavy heavy drums and bass matching up yeah and everything's equal <clears throat> everything's real balanced um but just that solid foundation because i also I, I started off as a bass man so oh, cool <laughs> so it's also like i'm just appreciative of that it's like oh, okay yeah that's a that's a true foundation it's not just like a background little thing yeah um, yeah wiley wiley gelber uh building his own bases uh oh think, really yeah i think most i i'm i beg to say most of or if not all of the songs they've recorded has been, uh, w you know, through his creations built with his dad. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he builds his own basses. That's cool. Yeah, he's a phenomenal bass player. Love his groove. And, and they all do such a good uh, uh, job of really serving the song, which I think is so important, you know, for a guy like Taylor, who's who's uh, at a band like, you know, singer-songwriter music, right? I mean, yeah. it's really the best of singer-songwriter meets rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, well, that's why I like this album particularly because I feel like it's a good crossroads of that singer songwriter and that rock yeah. balance where it's like, like what you're saying, just by luck and, and, um, bear witness, you know, some of the slower, so slower songs, like it's perfect, fits the bill, but then you come in with the, 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 the high energy or just the, um, 
don't know, just the the ambiance of, of groove of a groove, yeah, good and, grooves, and, yeah, and of like a like a like a good road song. You know, it's like it's, it makes you want to do something. Yes, you wanna, you're moving along. You know, it's great music, great music driving down the road. Yeah, um, you know, windows cracked type stuff. Yeah, really love it a lot. Really lucky to to see them to see them live the t- live the times that I did, and obviously just loved it. I mean, you know, so so much guitar driven music, which is obviously another reason that I love them mm. so much. Is it's it's you know singer songwriter singer songwriter writing, but you know guitar laden you know rock music you yeah. know bo- bo- you know really driving driving the ship. Well, I, 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 so fun because of my dad. It's my dad's fault. Uh, it's not a big problem, but I'm a huge Neil Young fan because of him. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's the first person I think about or Steven Stills when I listen to them is, yes. is you, you have this balance of good writing, uh, good singing, like good composition, you know what you're doing, yeah. but then you accompany it with these guitar breaks, these, these, the solos or whatever that just fit the, they fit the vibe, they fit the, the ticket yeah. of what you're going for. Um, it's like uh, it's like whether you're talking about any artist. I mean, you could be talking about McCartney singing "Maybe I'm Amazed" or whatever, and you can you can you can give a, a feeling to that solo. You can understand mm-hmm. what it's trying to, then maybe not translate, but just transmit, just to give you something. And, and yes, and like you know, like that song, you know, like when in a solo in that song, it, it to me it's like a it's his version of the excitement of how it feels to be in love. You know, it's yeah. just, it's just encompassing that feeling. And 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 whether it's a, a song about sitting at a window seat and you know talking about all the the, the made up complexities behind what it, what the, the attendant and the activities on the plane are being or what it, they carry an energy with them that's just uh, it's a it's just great music it's it's a great um, um, I don't know uh, composition of of uh, I guess on this one it's four artists. But uh, I don't know. It's just a great balance, and and, it, and they really deliver a, a, a sound that uh, you can appreciate on all on all levels, just music, lyrically, anything. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I was I was I, I keep trying to think of that line that you're referring to him talking about the stewardess. Oh yeah. Or, uh, I have to read it just because it's so amazing. Uh, they're pointing out the exits, but it looks more like a prayer or an ancient dance. Their bloodline reaches through. Like, so, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and it's so, it's like I don't know. Some of it, it's like unnecessarily complex, but that's what makes it great. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, yeah. He's definitely not. Um, I mean, he's definitely not um, Kurt. <laughs> like, he's most. Of, he's got a lot of lyrics and a lot on every song, but again, he's 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 so good at putting it into a coherent product and uh building a singular idea which is something i'm struggling with i feel is is like i'm writing a lot of lyrics and i'm writing a lot of melodies that i love and i'm starting to finish songs but i'm not quite getting that like that singular idea you know that that kind of wraps it all up you Mm, know like the hook yeah 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 yeah, that uh what am i trying to say you know Mm. and um well, that's that's process. an interesting thing because everybody's process is different, right? Because yeah, you have people like Elton John who will write something lyrically mm. and then compose <clears throat> to it as he's you know fleshing it out. He you know that he works that way. He'll he'll want to write it out right. and compose to the feeling of the mm. song that he's written. And then you have people like um, who, like Tool. Tool will have all the musicians 
flesh out the music for right. the majority of the album and you'll have the the singer Maynard uh, Keenan go through everything and write to what he's listening to so it's like what you can go either which way or I don't know come up with a yeah. new method but there's there's just so many different ways you could do it yeah and there's so many ways to, to stretch yourself like um, I've been for the longest time I would write because you know I'd sing something and I'd be like oh let me flesh out that melody but lately I've, I've tried to do more of just writing and so like all right so I take a topic I've even tried some comedy lately uh, <laughs> just like write something absurd or write about a certain topic and then take something that has no music in my head mm. uh, which has you know been Right. Again, it's just like a new creative outlet, like um, approaching it from a different angle. From a right angle. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm going to do that as much as I can, by the way. <laughs> I decided. On well, and I think a, a, an achievement of a really good writer, too, is being able to tear, tear away from yourself and to write something in the form of a character. Like, uh, wow. you know, yeah. like, like, uh, like, well, like he talks about actually in that song in, in a, in a window seat where he's talking about the, the, the hero in the song that I'm writing. The hero you know? in the song that I am writing. And, and yeah, you, yeah. you can talk about, um, let me try and think of someone that's a little, like Father John Misty. Josh mm. Tillman is the artist, but Father John Misty is his character. Wow. You know, Josh Tillman is not Father John Misty, but he writes to this character. You know, overconfident character that's Dude, into all these weird things. At the end of the day, it's it's art. It's yeah, it's yeah. acting. You but, know, to yeah. a certain degree, and it gets it across. It, it explains something. It explains this character you're trying to to explain, express, or um, or relate to. It doesn't matter um, because when it comes to, uh, I mean, he's a newer artist. But even you throw it back to the '70s, you go to David Bowie and Ziggy Stardust. You know, Ziggy Stardust was his outlet to be yeah. who he th who he projected a rock star to be. You wow. know, a, a hero, a savior, but also the man, the one who who could interact with anyone, could be a a, a source for anyone. Uh, you know, just energy. It goes just, back to what you said earlier. Who could you become? Yeah. You know, and 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 that's I'm fascinated with this idea because, like, for example, like movies, like our whole culture is, you know, of course we're obsessed with music. We're also obsessed with with TV shows. And I'm always kind of thinking, this is kind of a weird thought that I've dwelled on is like, we call it acting, you know, like it's not real life, but it's like, what's so different about it? Mm. Because the lines are rehearsed. Just different cues. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. There's something, there's something in me that like doesn't want to differentiate. Like, yeah, like, like this is this, this is this thing we do, this cr construct. Yeah, and then here's reality. It's like, no, no, right. no, no. But look how much time we spend enjoying it and appreciating it. Yeah. That is the reality. Well, I think some people, that's why some people get so lost yeah. in it and a mythology yeah. of a character and the, the um, the ever, their perceived ever expanding universe of a small TV show. Wow. It's like I I'll always love that show because uh, it's just what they built. You know, I just I can see it, I feel it, I relate to these characters, whatever. Well, it's, that's what it does. That's what that's yeah. that's how you know it was done well. But but that's I mean that's what everybody wants. They want more. They want because I I think at, at everybody's heart discovery hearts. Yes, they love to discover. People love being students. And as soon as you start to ignore it, you feel like things are just bland. But as soon as you yes. challenge yourself and you want to learn yes. more and push yourself to explain yourself more, then you realize that there's there's a lot more to get. There's a lot more to learn. Yeah. And and when it comes to creating, it's hard because 
you want to be yourself, but then you don't because you're trying to create. You're trying to be something outside. Right. As soon as you, uh, just because you write that hot fuss, just because you write stories <laughs> don't end, doesn't mean that you're not ready to grow into your next yeah. thing. Yeah. Exactly. You got a real hard dilemma. You got yeah. a world wanting to hear those old songs. Yeah. And you wanting to push to the next thing potentially. Yeah. yeah. It's it's super fascinating. What were we uh, What were we on? Um, what were we talking about? Oh, I had um, one kind of thing I'd heard an interview. I got a little worried because uh, like several important people are calling me. I'm like, no, they don't ever call me. Like, Is something wrong? <laughs> Is just, my child still alive? <laughs> they, they knew you were on a, a Dude, podcast. I, it's, that's, the universe will do that to me. Like, like my dad never calls me. And uh, But I'll have to call him back. I'm, I'm glad he's calling me. But um, Taylor said something in, in an interview uh, I listened to this last week. And... Uh, Something that kind of stuck with me a lot and, and kind of on on the topic of writing. He, he, he talked about how like the tendency in your, in, in your early 20s to write selfishly and to write your experiences mm. and um, and how how he's seen himself start to grow beyond that and expand a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, that really kind of hit me. That really kind of hit me because I realized like how much. I'm in that spot that he was in his twenty, right? Uh, you know, again, he started songwriting at uh, ten years old. I started in my in my twenties, so you know, it makes sense for that progression. But but I just yeah. realized like how, and I'm, I'm not, I don't feel shame about it. Like I've I've been like using writing as a as a tool to process my emotions, and it's been extremely fruitful. You know, so like I'm excited about it. But at the same time, like yeah, like again, that's the topic here is 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 pushing forward to a new character. Like, uh, and I got a new song. It's called "New Me" because ultimately, it's like yeah, I'm growing. I'm I'm writing these songs to shed this skin and to be something. Hopefully, that's of service to more people. Hopefully, that my you know is better suited to serve my four year old's needs. You know, mm-hmm. on on a daily basis, better suited to you know, have and, and hold a, a, a romantic relationship or whatever else it may be, you know? So, uh, so that's a really cool thing. I think about artistry, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, getting stuck, getting stuck in an ego. That's, that's a real interesting, interesting topic for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, ego <laughs> is a, you can't have music without it, Yeah. But you know, but you also, it, it's, it's hard to stay healthy in the music world with it sometimes or with certain mm. egos. I'll put it that way. With certain um, egos. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I feel like for, for a band and a, and a culmination where there's not just one guy calling all the shots, writing everything, you know, domineering the creative process when you're all working cohesively Dude. together, it's, yes. it's you, you can't have that you know it's a, it's it's full honesty it's full uh it, it's full criticism but it's open it's like open forum it's like well you're just I, I, it's full honesty that's all it is it's like because I, I mean as a musician i mean it, it's yeah, when you're creating and you're performing whether it's for a hundred people a thousand people or your immediate bandmate who's going to judge you about what's going to yes. be written down on paper or recorded and in the in the in the system it doesn't matter it's just it's the pressure and you feel the yeah. pressure and, and and that's just the pressures of reality what you feel when you're when you feel like you just burnt your steak when you feel like you just crashed, yeah. crashed into something it's like it's just that nervousness you feel and you gotta mm. you gotta run to it you know you gotta run to it yeah and 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 um don't feel like uh, I'm gonna put this. Don't feel like you have to hold on to everything that makes you what you think is you. You know, yes. to, to, to realize that, like, because when I think about, I mean, any oh, trust artist, me, I was really close to canceling this podcast. <laughs> 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 I was gonna run from it so fast. No, hey. 
but, but but I feel like there's there's something to the immediate um, I don't know nature you fall into when you feel intimidated or you feel like someone's not gonna know what you're really trying mm. to get across. And I think that's the um, uh, you you build an appreciation for the challenge because you build an appreciation for yourself in that moment because you realize that's who you really are. When you're comfortable, that's just who you can choose to be. But when you're in your discomfort, that's when you have to show who you really are because you can't fake that you don't know how to play guitar or you can't fake that you know how to play the guitar. You can't fake that you know what the note G is. You know, there's, there's yeah. none of that. It's all laid bare and it's just who you are. Wow. And, and I just think that when you can practice that and you can hold it, I mean, that's how you have a 10-year-old writing lyrics that by the time they're in their 20s, they can <laughs> pump out stuff like this is because they're practiced in it. They know what they're doing. They're comfortable. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a challenge, but it's just at a different level of comfort. It's still a challenge, you know? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, talking to people and uh, watching documentaries, reading things, and I look forward to the future where I can interview more artists and, and get their real insight on how they For felt sure. in certain moments. But they're still nervous. It's always there, you know? Everybody. And, and it's yeah. just a, it's a different mechanism on how you you broach it how you approach it and master it and walk away mm. from it um as yourself because yeah. i think i think as an artist that really want knows who they are and knows where they're going they'll they'll always welcome the challenge because it's not a challenge it's just me you're just you're yeah. just trying to know me right it's just my next thing F- fail or succeed yeah i'm and going I'm, forward and if either I'm way good, if i'm a good storyteller if i'm a good communicator i should be able to deliver so bring yeah. on the pressure yeah you know? But yeah, which which makes me think, what makes a good storyteller? <laughs> you know, because you know, there's so many lyricists. You know, you got guys like Radiohead and Coldplay who I can't even make heads or tails, but they sort of paint a picture with their, you know, cacophony of words, so mm. to speak. And then there's Taylor Goldsmith, who's like, okay, kind of telling a story. But really, you know, inter- interweaving really great philosophical one-liners and has 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 a you know has a has a theme, mm-hmm. right? And then there's other writers who uh, uh, David Bazan comes to mind. Um, uh, Father John Misty in one song that I've heard recently, who can just like tell a story almost from beginning to end. You know? Oh yeah. Like have you have you heard Mr. Tillman? <laughs> You heard that one? I think so. His it's, last it's, album. It's, it re, it's ringing a bell. It's just literally, like, it's kind of like a psychedelic story of him and his experiences in a hotel. And it's like, oh, cool. That's it. But it's like. I got to listen to more of his music because what's the one I've been listening to it, uh, uh, at the grocery store? Oh, uh, uh, Honey honey Bear. I Love You, Honey Bear. Yeah, that's yeah. a great album. Oh, my gosh. So sweet and oh, like so phenomenal. well done. And you know what? Yeah. He's never called his significant other that name. That was all not. in line with the character. Just made how, it up. how would the character Son of a bitch. Ser- serenade the person he loves? <laughs> That's how awesome. would he make it into an overdramatic spiel That's about awesome. how he cares about this person? And love I love it. I, he's one of my like favorite artists like yeah. of the current age, just because whether it's pure comedy and he's giving a, a, an album dedicated to social commentary, he's doing uh, God's Favorite Customer, which is his last one, where it's more self criticism or relationship criticism and, and just natural relationship incidences. Or it's uh, I Love You, Honey Bear, where it's a, a mix of love stories and love songs. It's all in line with this character that's just extraordinary, you know, just out there with these weird wow. perspectives, you know. And Dude, I'm going to have to get more into him. You're, you're inspiring me to go back <laughs> and listen to his whole catalog. Of course, I have 20 artists in my head that I want to do that with, uh, provided the time. But, um, but he's so good. And, and, and you know, and, and he was with Fleet Foxes, you know, he was their drummer. 
Okay, and, I didn't know that. I okay, didn't know yeah, that. I yeah, love he, Fleet Foxes. Yeah, he he was uh, he was also a film student um, who became uh, he 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 became a singer songwriter artist at first, and then uh, he did uh, movie scores for small people and his uh, uh, girlfriend or fiance at the time, and then uh, he joined Fleet Foxes as a drummer percussionist. Wow. And back, backing vocal, and then was it Helplessness Blues? Is that the name of one of their albums? Yes. Yep. Oh man. Yeah, that's Love a great that one. one. So beautiful. I was listening to it today. Actually, it's on my yeah, player. So good. Uh, and uh, and so whenever Robin called it because he took a break, the lead guy uh, Tillman Josh, he took to this character, and he just wanted to make so a character. Cool. And that's so Father cool. John was the one. Unbelievable. An eccentric. That's inspiring, man. Yeah. Well, because he just opened a universe for me. (laughs) (laughs) He just opened the Pandora's box. Well, because it's like because he when you look at the character he illustrates, it kind of was like the embodiment. Because even when you look at how he looks, because when you look at him with Fleet Foxes, he's clean shaven. He's still got long hair, but he's clean shaven. And you look at him as Father John Misty. He's got long, bushy hair big beard and sunglasses and all that. He looks like Jim Morrison. He, you know, he looks like the personality that Jim Morrison wielded all around. And, and that's that big personality he's trying to get across. And, uh, and, and it's just, I don't know that it's just, (laughs) and it's a, it's a, it's a great creation. And, and I know I, I paralleled it to like Ziggy, but to me, it, that's what takes it to another level. Just like when the Beatles converted themselves into Sgt. Pepper, they could peel away all these expectations. I'm not, wow. the, I'm not, I'm not the, the hunky-dory guy. I'm not the, the Fleet Foxes guy. I'm not the I want to hold your hand guy. And it's like, I'm tired of that. I want to shake it up, you know? Wow. And, and there's, a, there's a beautiful confidence in that, you know? And being yeah. able to say, I know this isn't what you expected me, but this is, I don't know, this is what I enjoy. And, and as an artist, I think you get pinned sometimes you get stuck, especially when you have a string of success, you, you get like what we were just saying, you battle your ghost, you're constantly battling your ghost. Do I play the, the, the way I played that won these people over? Do I play the, the way that wins me over today? You know, and it's just Dude, a weird that, balance. And that, that's huge. That's huge. You know, for me, um, there's been a lot of pain the last three years mm. and, and over and over these songs hurt. And there comes a point where I go, wait a second, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Mm. And, 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 you know, and I'm writing different songs now, you know, I'm going to write a new future for myself. Quite literally. It's been one thing that, that gets me through. It's been a thing that gets me through, you know, our love lives in those songs. Um, and of course, my friends and family are like, please write a happy song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, but I, I, I mean, that, this, that's a huge deal that yeah. I, I, I know everybody can assume that they know that when they're listening to music, but music is pure expression. Yeah. And and it's and it's an anthem in certain ways to certain people that when you write things, you're, you're putting your thoughts to words, you're putting yourself into a medium to be transposed to somebody. You're, you're going to link up in some way to someone. And that's why you're so self-critical. That's why as an yeah. artist, you, you feel like, I don't have it yet. I'm not good yet. It's because you, you, you just don't know. And, and when, it, when it clicks, when it connects, because that's you. That's your works, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's, a, that's a tremendous discipline, though, to be able to look at yourself in an emotional spectrum and say, that's not the trajectory I want to stay on. Yeah, I don't want to sure. be in a pit. I don't want to be yeah. in, in something that I'll allow myself to be exactly because I, you know, I like to say, you know, there's not right and wrong. There's right and easy. Mm. And, and it's, it's, 
I don't want to do this show. I don't want to write. You know, it's like it's hard to do that. But when <laughs> yeah. I do it, it'd be much I, easier to be sitting over there and just yeah, watching just, YouTube videos of Dawes. Yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> I could just watch the show about them and felt self satisfied. <laughs> but I want to do something a little more complex. You yeah, know? so but, cool. But I think that's just. But in any to anyone, I mean, I, that's a that's a mode of discipline that is so healthy when you realize that you you carve your own path every day. Right. It's just your decision to make note of where you're at today. And because uh, we don't have a GPS system that's telling us, you know, you've made it so many years into your <clears throat> life. You're you only have right. this many to go until this achievement. It's like, no, there's nothing like that. And so you you gauge yourself by the people that you keep around you and the people you're looking forward to meeting or the people you wish you could be. But until you change something or and when I, where we're writing when we're talking about compositions, I mean, until you change your mode of you know, or mindset, I mean, you're, you're you'll stay. You'll stay stuck. You'll stay Dude. in a groove. Wow. That's, that's some really deep shit, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm, and I'm glad the conversation kind of steered this way because this is like the, the thing that I love thinking mm. about is, is art and how to think about it and why people do it and, um, you know, what it means to people, you know. Yeah. Well, there's uh, so many la- layers and levels to appreciation. Absolutely. I mean, even just like the fact that you, you own four of their physical CDs. To me, that's not just shows me that you're a fan. I mean, you're literally supporting the band. You're buying yeah. their music. You're yeah. not just streaming it and sh- listening to it on YouTube. It's like you, you're throwing in the buck. You're chipping right. in. Right. And it proves their value, you know, yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. But there's yeah. just so many layers to that and of appreciation. Yeah, you know? I think so. Yeah. Writing, writing a new path. Stories don't end. <laughs> Good stuff, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm a. So, how many records uh, has have you touched them all, or are you? Uh... I've listened to, honestly, I listened to all of them except their newest one. I listened okay. to like the single. I forget which one that they had released for that. Saint one. Augustine at night, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, you know what? It's good. Like I listened to. I think I got through the whole thing except the last track. I, I really hadn't listened to it, um, which sort of surprised me. But um, like I said, I had to <laughs> I had to take a break. I had to write a new story for myself, but St. Augustine at Night, really great. Didn't fix me. Love it. So check that one out. Um, it didn't fix me like I thought it would. It's got a, well, just that great refrain. Oh, what was it? What else was it that stuck out? Oh, the, the little electric. Um, I, I can play five seconds, right? <laughs> It's just real beautiful. Yeah. So excited about this one. Excited about getting through this a couple more times. Nice. You know, rule rule of first listen, you know, not too many judgments. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. This is cool, man. Awesome. Yeah, dude. Fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, man. I mean, I I really, uh, I mean, I I wasn't going to say like I was skeptical. This is a good band, but I really got into this album and all your favorite bands and uh, uh, We're All Gonna Die is pretty unique. Um, I really enjoyed it, man. I look forward to, to listening to, them, to their newest one, too. Yeah, for a minute I was like, man, I should have picked, we should have decided on something you know that we both like. And I was like, no, he's going to be forcing, forced to listen to more, <laughs> forced to listen to more Goldsmith. And yeah. I'm excited about that. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, yeah, again, I'm obviously I, a super fan. Well, and that, that's, that's what I, that's what I love is, I mean, even like last, last week when we did the Zeppelin one, I mean, I, 
I knew a majority of their like their, their biggest hits. But then when someone filed me down to say, no, we're only going to talk about the early years and the first album. Like, right. how well do I really know that first album and having to dissect it and realize, yeah. like, oh, shit, this isn't a, a rock band or, or, or a heavy rock band. It's like, these, these are rooted in blue, blues. Like, yeah. Like, they started from there and then like, yeah, they evolved. It's like, but wow. You know, it's like, it's just not something. Sort of changed the game. Yeah. yeah. And not something I considered because I don't know. When I think blues, you know, I think like Muddy and and BB mm. King, right, and, right. And uh, but I mean, they were singing Willie Dixon songs and going crazy. You know, yeah. they just took it to another level. Just like Jimi Hendrix is technically a blues. You know, he's right. playing a lot of blues stuff, but amped it up, changed doing it his way. Literally yeah, flipped it upside down. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just I, I I love that, and I love the the, the challenge of understanding the. Um, you know the appreciation or, or understanding a, a new artist because yeah like we were saying it's a different mode of expression so so what is a what is a bit what is a record you know because again kind of going back to you know is a record even a thing anymore so that's one thing when i when i started to realize i had a batch of songs that like i was really going to record a record mm. and really believed in that and for my future i got a little sad when i realized like Oh, it's not going to be a CD, you know, <laughs> like it's not going to, it's not going to be what it once was and it's mm. not, or maybe it will be. Like I said, I could, I could make it happen that way. But, uh, it, yeah, in some real way, yeah, we're dealing with this world, this new world of music where it's more about the singles. But I guess what I was going to ask is, is there any records that stand out to you? Like as a whole, as a whole unit, you know, whether it be seven, 10, 12 songs that you mm. have recently stumbled on. Well, um, I'm actually, um, I want to reach out to the artists because I want to do a, an extensive review using their music if I can. Oh, cool. um, last year, one of my favorite albums of all last year was uh, by Washed Out. Um, mm. It's uh, called Purple Noon. And uh, it's, I just caught myself like going back to it over and over again because it was just a very, um, I mean, it felt like the feeling that you would get when you're on, when you like the, the feeling you would expect to have when you're on a vacation on the beach where mm. you're just no worries uh, uh it's very uh mellow but um unique it keeps you guessing what the the, the, oh, cool. the noises he uses and the the, uh, the lyrics because he's very um i mean it's ambiance it's a it's very um um i don't know it, 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 i just kept going back to that whether i was reading a book working oh, cool. on, on designing something working on the podcast or whatever i just kept listening to that perfect that album. background music yeah and it was just a really good album um but one, uh, let's see, another album, though, that I, I really appreciated that only came out. I don't even What's that called like, again? Purple Moon? Purple Noon. Purple Noon. Yeah, really good. Rings a bell. Um, but a, an album that I don't even think it's a year old yet. It's um, such a great name, Purple Noon. I yeah, love that. Yeah, that's a phenomenal Smart. album. Smart. Um, uh, kicking myself because I don't, I can't remember what this is. this album is called. I'm glad. Oh. I'm glad that you're you're on board with Echo in the Canyon. I've never heard anybody else talk about that, but oh, I absolutely loved that's it. That's so good. Now that that's an album that yeah, I guess it's yeah. been a year about. About um, a year. Yeah, huh? I was I was obsessed with that album. I mean, yeah. all the the all the artists he works with, and then uh, so like, fun. Um, like what's that song? Uh, what it's not what's going on or where are we now? Um, it's an old bird song, um, but you know it's Dylan singing it. Uh, 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 Jake Dylan. And then you have Neil Young just going nuts on the guitar Dude. in the background. It's awesome. Um, but an, uh, an album from last year that it's it's a folk album. Um, it was one I, I wanted to try and bring up if we were, uh, get to it. So I'm glad I can. It's called Float Back to You by Holy Hive. It's a, a new artist, brand new artist um, from last year. Um, 
Man, it, it, it is uh, right in line with that, again, that era I love, that 60s, 70s kind of sound with the, the organ. Folk rock. Yeah, and the, and the, the folky vocals, because the, 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 the singer, he's more of a folk singer. Um, and the, uh, the, the, at least when, from what I know from the band, he's more of a singer-songwriter, folk artist, and they're much more like jazz mm. kind of group. And so it's a different kind of uh, uh, buildup. But they're, it's just an awesome album. It's, it's, it's very smooth. I mean, it, it, it's something that you would expect from that, that premium Birds Beatles level. Like, oh, cool. to me, it feels like that. It's something that... I, I mean, I, I own it without a question. It's like if I'm gonna do something or if I want to play some smooth music, that's I'm gonna throw that sucker on. That's just cool, a, it's a cool. good one. I'll check it out for sure. Um, but yeah, those those have been some some uh, those two albums. I've at least in this last year. You I thinking just, about yeah. doing some record reviews for the yeah, podcast? Yeah, for those two. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. This it's because they're. I mean that that one's a brand new artist, and then uh, washed out. I mean, he's not, he's not humongous, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. he's, the biggest thing he's known for is the theme song for Portlandia. <laughs> uh, but um, just that last album, man, I just kept going back to it. I don't know. Cool, man. Yeah, I'm going to check him out for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm excited about your show, dude. Like, I'm, I'm going to be listening to some of the old ones. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what your granddad has to say. And, yeah, that's one of and, my favorite you know, ones. And, you know, getting excited about new music that I'm, you know, like you said, it could be something as like, well, I've heard Led Zeppelin, but definitely hadn't jumped into it uh you know like i did after her the podcast i was like oh i gotta give that another shot yeah 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 to the old guy old guard yeah well and that and i i've noticed this that for anybody that wants to criticize me i know i've stuck to a lot of the 60s 70s <laughs> <laughs> you know but, your wheelhouse man yeah exactly it's like i but I, I mean we've touched on people like travis scott and jay-z and now dawes it's like so i'm in the 21st century yeah, I'm, still, me, I'm still here give me some slack but uh, but yeah, I, I want to mix it up. You know, I want to, I want to keep the variety going to where, you know, I'm always on my toes about, you know, what I appreciate and, and for sure. Cause, uh, I don't remember what book I had read, but I remember just a, a passage breaking down the appreciation of music as simple as you either see it as music or as noise and that's it. And, mm. and, uh, I love the challenge of, of appreciating the music, you know, yeah. I, I walk into it expecting music. I don't walk into it expecting noise. You yes. Know what I mean? Yes. Wow. That's good. That's good. And, uh, try to be open to what they have to offer, offer. Yeah. And who they are. Cause again, I, I understand this is self, this is expression. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I see it as. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to a whole host of music. Um, and I try to keep myself open. I I'll still even listen to a little Keith Green every now and then. You know, seventies oh, go. gospel baby. Yeah, man, dude. If it if, uh, it if it jives, what you know? What song of his I just listened to the other day? <laughs> Where, I think it's "Your Love Broke Through." Yeah, yeah, I know is that it, one. Is it is it that one? Killer piano, <laughs> killer piano player. Oh, he's an. You know, I got some of his sheet music once just to see if I could handle. Yeah, uh, yeah. What was it? Uh, it might have been that one. Yeah. Um, that one's an intense one on the piano. Yeah, yeah. What a what a sad, tragic story too. His, oh yeah, his ending. He, he died in a helicopter crash. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I think I think it was a, pl a small plane, but oh, okay. uh, with uh, with one or two of his kids. I forget. I read his book way back in the day, oh, but yeah, yeah, he's he's one. Um, he's he's one uh, singer that yeah, my parents played around us. I'd, oh yeah, yeah. Just cause he's a phenomenal vocalist. He's so good. Yeah, I, I've always wondered. Um, now that you're bringing him up, because this is so uh, surprising yet organic. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> Didn't know we'd go from uh, Taylor Goldsmith to Keith Green. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my, my family is going to love this. Um, but good. Uh, the, 
one connection that I've made, and this is the first time I've ever really said it publicly, is uh, now that we're talking about Father John and Keith Green on the mm-hmm. same podcast, it's so funny. Because Father John, Josh Tillman, the real guy, he, he was raised in a Christian household. Mm-hmm. And, and I always have wondered um, if he was raised listening to Keith Green, just because when you listen to the way he sings and, and uh, just the finesse in his vocals, mm-hmm. I always wondered like if he had... Because, I mean, you can also look at Keith Green and be like, oh, well, Elton John has the same kind of finesse in his cadence or whatever you want right. to say. It's like, but I don't know, man. It's like you listen to Two that. Two different guys. It's a, yeah, it's like it's a it's a different feeling. And But I've always had this weird tie that I've always wondered that if he's ever, if he knows who that is. You know, because mm. the styles are. Right, know, right. You get deeper in the. the is, is Father John like an actual historical father or is no, that just his, no, his person his, his character character yeah cool because cool. i think i think he you know he's not in any way in the christian faith and but he comes from that he was reared in that sure and so i think to him it's a it's a rebellious character the it, he he carries a religious uh mantle but is in no way that you know what i mean super interesting mm. super interesting man mm. i gotta i gotta i gotta jump into some more of his stuff I'm just gonna jot his name down here yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm all into the discovery and and the connection. You know, like uh, try not to be a music critic and hear it for for what they're trying to say. Mm. Have you heard much Maggie Rogers? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, that's that's one to check out. Um, what kind of Mag- style? Maggie Rogers heard it in a past life. She's probably like mid twenties. Um, she was discovered when Pharrell Williams came to her music school and like, I guess she was demoing, there were students were demoing their songs, but yeah, she, her, her record is, is really, um, if there's a record in the last decade, that's like just, just, or let's say the last, uh, three years that I would say is one of my top, it, that's one and super young artist, but like phenomenal, um, soul, phenomenal soul. And, uh, and the production is just insane. Mm. It's sort of, uh, it's sort of, uh, gosh, labels are tough. It's, it's, I want to say pop, but it's definitely not pop. It's, it's, um, well, it's labeled alternative. Mm. I'll just give you that. Alternative. Yeah. <laughs> alternative pop meets, uh, singer songwriter, mm. whatever that means. <laughs> that means there's a person who writes some music. There's someone involved. <laughs> there's a person involved. No, it means more than that. The labels, the labels are helpful, you know, and that's something that is crazy. You know, you, you, yeah, it's it's like it's same thing with like music theory. Like like um, I play something and I'm just like, who cares? Who cares? You know, there's sort of a rebelliousness in me. Like, who mm. cares what it what it is? It sounds cool. Right. Sometimes I'll discover something that's ugly, but I'm like. Well, I love it. I can sell that. Yeah. Then I'm like, wait a second. Let me let me figure out what it is because like I got it. You know, if I categorize it, well, then yeah. you you can you can duplicate it in different ways right. because you have better categorized it. So yeah. you know, you understand it. They're all they're all helpful and, and hateful <laughs> at the same time. I think uh, in in music and in life, sometimes to our chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, I mean back to that healthy challenge of being a creator. I think that's a that's a part of the the bag because you're you you play something experimental whether you're jamming or just by yourself and and i, I might not know exactly what it is but i enjoy it you know because that that's an interesting um like i don't know writer's block musician's block whatever you want to call it 
uh, when you get into that mode of creating and you have maybe half the band is super, super experienced and immersed in music, uh, uh, um, music uh, education and, and, and all the complexity that's going to it. Right. And the other half just lo- is addicted to good music and they don't mm. know you know, pentatonic scale and all these right, crazy, right. but they just like, uh, they got I an know ear when, for I, it. when I hear it, I know that's mm-hmm. good, you know, mm-hmm. and it's always just so interesting. And again, being in a, in a, in a, a couple of different jam bands, it, it's interesting, you know, experiencing that when, you know, someone wants to be super strict about where they're going and someone else is way loose mm. and all of a sudden you build something that you're just like, I don't know what that is. I, yeah. what are you playing? Like, I don't know what I'm playing. And you have to, you know, <laughs> translate it and then understand it and then you realize you might have just captured something in a bottle yeah 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 and then and then getting back to dawes you know all you know pretty much everybody in the band at least the core members right uh taylor and his brother and and wiley i think wiley probably i think they went to high school together anyways i, I forget exactly they go way back but it's like they all kind of share the same you know coming up not going to you know it wasn't like they all were in art school together and then formed a band like jars of clay or like any any number of bands that uh you know formed out of a a music college but they just grew up with their ears right Mm -hmm. and uh, certainly in an age where there's some online resources and you can more easily and more readily learn the theory yourself but um but yeah there's something to to um yeah, compatibility in your music, musicianship and, and flow. I recorded a little earlier this morning. I'm excited. I'm working on a song with a buddy of mine and, and it's just so fun because it's just, we just vibe and it's just like, mm-hmm. we both just feel it. And like, we shoot, we were only together like three or four hours, but just, it feels like we always are getting a lot done, mm-hmm. always on the same page, always laughing and having a good time doing it. And, uh, see, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that, to that collaboration, what it brings, but, um, yeah, it's it's special, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, with this coronavirus going back to hell where it belongs, hopefully <laughs> we get back to, you know, live music experiences and yeah, and uh, who knows what the future holds, man. Yeah, stuff slowly getting in there. Slowly. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think April. Not for Abbott. I was like, we doing yeah. this. <laughs> get out there. <laughs> yeah, I think like in New York, they're opening like concert venues for the first time to like 100 people limits uh, like mid-April or something like that. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Starting. It's getting there. Yeah. I can't wait to be back at a concert. Yeah, right? It's so, yeah. it's so weird. Like, there's trying been... to remember, what's the last concert you went to? Ooh, not the brag, but Paul McCartney. <laughs> not bad. Okay. His uh, freshen up tour. Sweet, um, sweet. It was a surprise for my my parents. Dude, that's so cool. My, my mom had never seen him, and she's a huge <sighs> fan. And I bet that was amazing. Well, my dad had seen them. He doesn't. He says he's not sure, but I'm pretty sure. Looking at the timestamp, he he saw him in the Navy <laughs> in '79, which would have been Wings' last tour. So I'm pretty sure my dad in Scotland. Um, oh wow so he got to see him sing like mole of kintyre to all of scotland and that was just like a huge huge moment that's so cool um but uh yeah so it's like he had seen them you know 40 years ago and i saw them uh with michael and bonnaroo nine years ago and uh sweet it was such a good such a good concert and long as hell but i mean the dude's got a catalog you know ridiculously long and uh <laughs> yeah he's got he's so got yeah, some songs that was awesome that was, that was good we actually saw him. he was one of the first uh musicians to play at uh ranger stadium because you know oh, okay. they, they're opening a new rangers uh, right. ballpark 
And so they're converting the original one into a, a concert venue or an event venue. Oh, and sweet. so he was one of the first like big names, which is cool because, you know, it's like I grew up on that old Beatles footage, whether it was Help or Hard Day's Night or any of the live stuff. And and I remember, you know, specifically like the Shea Stadium, like concert and and just it's just interesting, like listening, like thinking about the parallels. Like when we saw him at Ranger Stadium, he's playing the exact same scenario as mm. Uh, what was it, 57 years ago right but it's like when he was at chase stadium they literally the the technology wasn't there to, to where their vocals and the amps could project <laughs> out to the stadium so they played their voc the 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 music out through the pa system and so it was total crap but it was right. the only way you could hear anything right and and you know i mean you know the stories that the fans would scream so loud that you couldn't even hear the music and that's why they had to <laughs> shake their heads so loud so they could keep timing and and then all that junk but it's just so funny Dude. seeing you know watching that knowing that is history and then seeing him With as tech. a mid 70 year old man you know in the same scenario but on this massive stage so cool. just you know crazy visual how old show. is he you say mid 70s yeah yeah somewhere um, up there yeah, he's like 74 80. or something like that and and uh still rock and rolling yeah and knows exactly what he's doing wow um you know and, and it's also cool you know in the 21st century he has access to his full catalog you know which was something yes. that prior to that he he didn't have good for him man yeah. thanks michael jackson <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah no so it, that, that was an awesome show that was sweet uh, yeah uh, I, i'm pretty sure that was the last one yeah i can't even remember the last show i think it was some like metal concert with jonah's um, Mueller. was so mm. fun though yeah i mean i miss concerts man i mean it's like the first my first metal concert oh yeah oh so great (laughs) push into the mosh pit yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, it's a surprisingly wholesome community the metal community so fun yeah Yeah, i'll do it again i'll tell you i was real skeptical i was like i don't know if i go to this i don't really listen to this type of music that much yeah you know i have you know oh i just remembered something something i wanted to make sure to bring up oh yeah this episode so uh, I know you and me, we went to a concert mutually with the, the fam one time. We went to uh, Delta Spirit out That's at Granada. Right. Yeah. Dude, Delta Spirit. Yeah, phenomenal. Great show. Phenomenal. Yeah, I, I remember uh, I saw them after that. Or was it the first time? I'm trying to remember if that was the first time I saw them with you guys. But like, I don't um, think it was. No. Dude. Because I remember we hung out trying to see if they would come out and they didn't. They, they're it's opener, one of those you bands, you, you don't know what you're about to get. And oh, you it's get so it. good. Well, do you remember that night, uh, Matthew Logan Vasquez, he literally climbed the light I remember, frame. I remember him climbing the, the, the light fixture. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah what was then, he on, dude? Yeah. <laughs> and then threw the mic at the audience and swung back down to the stage. And then he climbed down Talk and then used persona, the hanging mic. Talk about a persona. <laughs> I was like, this guy's a next Woo. level either that or doing cocaine on stage i can't man, tell which one he's awesome man he's one of the people because no. he lives in austin and uh, fun music good writing yeah great well, sound I, he's one of the people i want to try and interview sometime if i Dude, can yeah that'd be awesome so great. I, i'm a huge fan have you listened to his solo stuff i like, don't know that i have yeah he's got two albums i think solicitors return and uh he does what he wants is it oh cool you should listen to i'll check him out both of them i think you'd really like he does what he wants though because that's kind of, he has a couple of songs about fatherhood because he became a dad um actually there's a song called fatherhood that's really good cool i really like that song Dude, i'll check that out yeah um but I, I wanted to make sure to bring them up because i realized uh i don't know seven years ago eight years ago uh, I was in a deep dive on Delta Spirit and uh, and him 
And uh, it, it might have been around when he released his first album, something like that got mm -hmm. me into him specifically as an individual. And I realized that he was in a uh, super group um, in 2011, which was called Middle Brother. Do you know who Middle Brother? Have you ever listened to that? I've heard the name, but I don't think I've so heard So that stuff. is uh, Vasquez. Um, I think it's, oh, I can't remember if it's the vocalist or the bassist from Deer Tick. Mm. And then uh, Goldsmith. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. And it's a, it's a good folk album. It's uh, primarily good, just singing and guitar, um, but it's, it's good. It's a oh, good, cool. good singer-songwriter album. Oh, wow. I didn't know they collab. Yeah. They collab. Yeah. It's, That's sweet. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, well, there's a couple of songs on there I really like. Uh, there's a song called uh, Portland on it that gets stuck in my head every now and then. Um, I know Taylor Goldsmith played, played some bass with, um, oh my gosh, his name's not going to sit, with Jackson Brown. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Toured with him a little bit. Dude, I saw that he did, uh, or Dawes, I think the whole band contributed uh, to a killer song, a Christmas song. Oh, really? Yeah, a couple of years ago. Oh, that's Last cool. year. Yeah. I, was I wonder if I heard unexpected. it. I feel, like, I feel like I know a killer's Christmas song, but I can't put my, put my finger on it. Yeah, they have they have a song from like a decade ago about Santa Claus, I remember. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like a weird song. I can't remember what Interesting. it's Interesting. But anyways, yeah, I, it just, it just semi-blew my mind because... I, I literally, uh, it was this week, I had a random thought about Middle Brother and mm. jumped into that album. And at the time, like, oh. like, well, it said Goldsmith in the middle. I was like, is that, is that him? <laughs> and I looked at him like, oh, shit. It's sure Taylor. enough. Yeah, crazy. Wow. Wow. Crazy world, man. Yeah. But yeah, you should check out uh, Vasquez's solo stuff. It's pretty good. Yeah, I definitely will, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to discover some new artists. Yeah, I got this playlist in my phone of like 500 songs, but I've just worn it out over the last couple of years. You know, it's yeah. time to expand. Yeah. Of course, I'm always expanding, but... <laughs> well, I, I have the habit of... Uh, I, I don't want to say it's like a, a, a disciplined habit, but it's like every month or two months, I'll generate a, a, an, a playlist, whether it's like... 60s chill or you know try to indie try something different or, yeah yeah and that's a really up. good idea because i do find i'm limited just by what i choose to, right i go to yeah. apple browse well then i get fed two types of music you yeah, know and, and exactly. consequently i've listened to more hip-hop and, and, <laughs> and you know pop which is great because you know what i've enjoyed that more than i ever have the last you know year or so but um but yeah making a playlist kind of forces you to pinpoint what yeah, you're looking to you hear someone new be a bit like, more creative oh that falls into this i'll get recommendations from paste i get their emails just What's because paste? it's a music critic critique magazine oh okay That's so i'll familiar. get recommendations from them okay like uh i think i listened to the new tegan and sarah album which was enjoyable mm. oh and another one they gave me was sleater kenny's uh i forget the name of the album but their new one is really cool mm. it's got some really great uh cynical stuff in there <laughs> which i love <laughs> i absolutely love then you're gonna love father john music. but uh but yeah that, that's been like my habit for the last like couple of years is like i'll make like a playlist every month Something or two new. build it up with stuff i've never really kept around for too long or i have but it's been forever and then I'll, I have a master playlist that, I mean, it doesn't even have a name. It's just the emoji of earphones. And I'll just, after a month or two, I'll just file that playlist into that one. And now it's like got like 
3,000 songs or something ridiculous. But nice. you just never know. Nice. It's a, it's my own jukebox what, now. What platform do you stream? Uh, I have Apple and Spotify. Okay, good. I'll have to dig up some of your playlists. Apple. Oh, yeah. That's For true. Sure. Yeah. Let me up. <laughs> yes. Well, cool, man. You, anything else? Well, I was just going to just re- uh, reflect on a third time that uh, I'm not the only one under 60 who's heard Echo in the Canyon and, <laughs> and uh, admonish all of your listeners to check it out because I think it's probably a really under underrated film. Um, but you also need to see uh, go watch once um, okay. and check out Glenn Hansard. Okay. I think you'll be happy with what you find. Yeah, I'm going to write that down really quick. Yeah, there's a film that, you know, uh, your wife might enjoy just look up some of Glenn Hansard's stuff, man. He's got a phenomenal... Yeah, I'm going to look into him. Phenomenal folk art, British folk artist. Oh, interesting. Um, have you uh, have you watched that? Because I'm not a huge Dylan fan. I mean, I, I appreciate him and mm-hmm. what he's done. Um, but uh, have you seen that new documentary that came out about him, the Rolling Thunder Review? I haven't. I it's haven't. It's pretty good. <clears throat> so it's really funny. It's really funny because that, that documentary just came out like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And like two months ago, I had, uh, and no one hate me for this, I had finally found <laughs> the album, the Dylan album that I actually like. Finally. Because <laughs> like. again, I've always appreciated the guy. I've always appreciated yeah, his lyricism. I'm in the same boat as you. I've never, I don't have an, a Dylan album that I'm like, yes. Yeah. It's like, I never, because you know, it's like you, when you hear John Lennon talk about Dylan, he's like, oh my God. It's, it's, yeah. He just like yeah. melts at the idea of him. And I was like, I never, I never got it. Um, yeah. But when you listen to uh, specifically the album, there's multiple live albums of his during that time, the Rolling Thunder Review. Uh, but it's uh, the live album that I really like is called Hard Rain. And uh, it's basically Dylan hasn't toured for a decade and he's re-inspired. He wants to the tour again, but he wants to tour with random artists, random people. Mm. Um, um I mean, it's a lot of different people. I mean, cool. he even he, he even brings on. I mean, the, he's, he wears like makeup. He's more theatrical hmm. than ever. Um, he even brings on Mick Ronson, uh, Bowie's guitarist, oh, okay. the stellar you know uh, proto punk guitarist. He <laughs> he brings him on, and so that and honestly, I, I, I'm a huge Ronson fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Robbie Krieger of the Doors and Mick Ronson, I think, are like two of the most underappreciated guitarists of all time, and and. Ronson had just gotten kicked out of Bowie's uh, touring group and recording group and was looking for something to do. I think he had just done a solo album, but won the tour. And so he tours with Dylan. So you get this uh, high energy Dylan with a a little bit of a pickup on the tempo because you have this electric guitar just feeling the feeling the the vibe. Oh, cool. It's totally different. Different, different electric Dylan. Um, it's awesome. Very cool. And then that documentary breaks down kind of the the aesthetics and, and vibe of that tour and how kind of uh, loose and wild it was because they he didn't care. He just wanted to right. create and have fun with other artists. And so that's so cool. They went to I, I think they went to like a I don't think they went to a nursing home, but something like that. They went to like a convention, a small convention center, small banquet hall, just small little places just to get it out and have fun. That's interesting. Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's a really good documentary that just came out. Uh, another documentary that, that's really interesting and good. I haven't finished it yet. Jimmy Carter, Rock and Roll President. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Have you heard of that one? Mm-mm. Yeah. It just kind of dives into how much of his appreciation for music, namely Dylan, the Allman Brothers, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, uh, played such a huge role in his campaign for president. 
Oh, really? Yeah, it's 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 super. I mean, it's a lot of, you know, music history and political history that uh, that I didn't know, you mm. know, kind of merged at the time. And uh, I'll have to get my dad's opinion on it. He's gonna be like, "That's all hogwash." <laughs> <laughs> Played such a very little role. You know how obviously documentaries can be extremely biased. Yeah. But uh, no, he was obviously a big music lover, and um, you know had all these White House concerts, and there's footage oh, of them. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. That's it's pretty true. cool. Well, it's kind of funny you say that because um, at the beginning of that Rolling Thunder review documentary, it starts off with the with current Dylan like being interviewed, right? And they they talk to him about it. And he's like, I don't remember any of that. And he's like, that <laughs> yeah. was such a small little thing. Uh, like, yeah, but it was great. He's like, sure. Like he's a little blip, so, blip so on my musical yeah. radar. <laughs> you know, I don't even know who I was. That's then, hilarious. You know? <laughs> wow, man, to have something like that, huh. you know, you don't know what you have till it's gone. <laughs> or till you have it, or until someone asks you about it. <laughs> until like, somebody asks you when you're in your <laughs> How did you do that? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's another level to have a catalog that deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dylan made a big difference with a you know very peculiar voice. There's a handful of songs that I think are really amazing. Oh yeah, enjoy, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but me as a, a yeah, I, I never got really into him. I really like Hard Rain. That's an awesome, that's an awesome album. It's high cool. energy, it's high I'll energy dealing to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm just it brings a, I'm that a electric huge, component. Yeah, I, I, and I know I just said it, but I'm just a huge Ronson fan, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Bowie fan, so it's like anytime. Yeah, because I mean he he was on uh, Man Who Sold the World, Hunky Dory, Ziggy Stardust, mm. and uh, Aladdin Sane. Man, I just started getting into Bowie for the first time. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm enjoying it, but I have a lot. To, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of music. Oh, it's crazy. Well, he's got a lot of different Personas characters too. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. White Duke. I mean, it's time. To, well, and even if he doesn't put a name to it, he's got a vibe that he's trying to stay, you know, in line with. And That's it's amazing. Totally different. But yeah, man, I'll make you a playlist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Been listening to a lot of. Um, uh, um, oh my gosh, I'm getting tired. Yeah, well, I'll leave that one to dissipate into the universe of my mind. <laughs> well, this has been good, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, this has it. been fun, man. How, how long are we here? An hour and a half. Nice, nice. It's a good run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah do you have a Do you have a certain time limit you try to hit? Or no? I mean, yeah. they've all we been, just hit play. Yeah, they've all been about like an hour and a half to two hours, except for the wide album review because the album okay. reviews I'll go particularly like track by track and break it down. Gotcha. Um in the white album one because it's like a 30 track album and there's so much history behind it yeah <laughs> it took me and ben like well and brad was there too it took me like four hours to go nice. through it all <laughs> that's fun yeah I'll i remember check that one out i remember finishing that one and taking my because at the time i, I just put your like forehead on the table <laughs> well it, well because i was like this is great man it's like we finally did it and then looked at the the counter looked at the run and be like like it's been four hours. Like, whoa. Like, now I get it when, like, I'm listening to, like, Joe Rogan or whoever. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, it's been three hours? Like, barely, yeah, barely I know. an hour. Like, yeah, Time man. flies when you're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man. I'll have to have you back. Yeah, man. It's, it's fun hanging out, man. We got we to gotta hang. We got to definitely play some music. Yeah, for Shoot, sure. I might be paying for you to lay a drum track down for me uh, in the coming months and years. I, you know, like I said, I'm working on my EP, and uh, that's a challenge, you know. Can't really have a drum set in my apartment. Oh yeah, <laughs> doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah, but, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe we can play something for the show. Yeah, yeah, that'd be real cool. Awesome, dude. 
Yeah, brother. I appreciate you coming by. That's fun. Until next time. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, visit our website, musicmythpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. 